When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by the Sunday Mail Scott McDermott and Record Sports Gavin Perry to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we look back at Sunday's pretty unconvincing draw with Blackburn Rovers. We look ahead to the eagerly anticipated rematch with Progress Niedercorn. And we look at the, the latest court ruling in the long-running battle with Mike Ashley over the merchandise and what that means for the Ibrox club. Guys, whole raft of uh, subjects on the agenda today, but um, let's begin with action on Sunday. And uh, Scott, uh, you, you had a, a close look at Rangers and that draw with, with Blackburn. Uh, to me, they seemed a wee bit under par for the first time perhaps this season, maybe a wee bit lethargic even. I know Aye. Stephen Gerrard wasn't uh, totally convinced. What, what did you no, make I of mean, it? it did look, in general, Fraser, it looked almost like... Kind of players and fans were getting a wee bit fed up with the, the friendlies. No, just a lot of games coming at once. Obviously, these four uh, friendlies, one after the other at Ibrox. Um, listen, to me, it wasn't a bad performance. Blackburn are a decent, no, decent championship side with good, good players. No Rangers are in the midst of this kind of uh, schedule where they're, no, they're trying to play friendlies to get ready for the season as well as the Europa League qualifiers. So it's maybe to be expected that there was a wee, there was a bit of a dip. Um, but I think Steven Gerrard nailed it himself pretty much as he always does in terms of performances. Um, it was pretty sloppy at times, pretty slack. I think the word he used was loose, um, which kind of summed up their kind of ball retention. Um, gave it away too often. Um, but I've been quite pleased in the sense that Blackburn did offer a different test, you no know, far more direct, far more physical kind of route one. We'll give Rangers players something a bit different to to think about. Um, but they've been disappointed. It certainly wasn't at the standard uh, of the kind of Marseille friendly. Obviously, when their, their ball retention that was was great, Marseille couldn't couldn't live with them. Irrespective of where uh, where Marseille might be in their, their pre season preparations, um, so it was a wee dip. Uh, it was a bit, no, it was a bit slack. A few players didn't really do themselves, do themselves any favours. But as Gerard said, it's maybe, no, it maybe just gives them a wee kick up the backside. There was a lot of talk about how good they were looking. No, so many goals scored, none conceded, etc. And then they lose a real, no, a cheap goal uh, against yeah. Blackburn. Sometimes, sometimes it can help just to get that wee, get that wee done, bring them back to reality. I noticed also, Scott, you spoke to Stephen Gerrard after the after the game against St Joseph's last week. The Sunday spoke to him and he was talking about how nobody's guaranteed no, nobody's yeah. guaranteed a jersey and all that and he's happy to chop and change it. Um, but I think maybe when you think the dip came after Stephen Davis went off, didn't he? Yeah. On yep. Sunday. And I just, as much as a manager does say, you know, I'm happy to chop and change it, I think 
probably Rangers paid the price for that last season. There was far too much chopping and changing, Aye. particularly in the centre of defence. Although he's coming out with these sound bites, yep. I think this season it's important that there isn't too much chopping and changing. And guys like Davis are going to have to be, you know, Aye. starting every week. He has to find a settled team and stick with it. And I think I said, I think I said to you last week, no, no matter what. Gerard's got to say there's competition for places and nobody's guaranteed a, a shirt, right? And especially with the size of squad that he's got. But as we touched on last week, we were talking about his first choice three in midfield. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind Stephen Gerrard will have a vision of his first 11 and how he wants it to look for, for big games. Of course, if he can... No, if there's games that come up where he feels he can leave one or two out, or no, if they say they get a they get ahead, no, they get say they get a three or four goal lead against Progress in the, the first leg, no, it means they could maybe go over there and gear up the fringe boys a chance. But in the main, I think when the season properly gets up and running, as Gav says, Stephen Gerrard will pretty much know what his strongest eleven is, and he'll be trying to get that out. No, as many times as possible, and I agree. We Gav Davis, as I said last week, he'd almost be your first pick aye, in that in that midfield. Again, uh, uh, and I even the, even although I'm saying the, the Blackburn game is a bit sloppy, guys like Davis and Arfield were still the best players, uh, the best Rangers players on the on the pitch. Um, I actually thought Barisic did well as well. It's no one he has better pre-season games I think he he probably did do himself a few favours but apart from that it was a bit slack and a few of the kind of fringe guys uh, I don't really think you no know, made the kind of impact that Gerard was was looking for yeah but Barris was spoke last oh. week didn't he sorry Gavin uh, you go. no I was just going to say well maybe we'll touch on it later but I suppose that comes back to the uh, allowing Daniel Candace you know to leave that's <coughs> that, that you know, a lot of people eyebrows are raised at that probably for that very reason that, you know, people will be coming in and not doing the type of job that he could do. Yeah, we, we will touch on that later. Uh, Barisic, you mentioned that he spoke He spoke last week very glowingly about his relationship with, with Gerard and uh, the work that he's putting in this this pre-season. And it, it looks like Gerard's going to go with him, doesn't it, left-back? It does. Seems like it's settled. There doesn't seem to be much, uh, certainly no speculation and linking them with left-backs here, there and everywhere like there was before. It looks no. like he's, he's fairly settled with his backline now. Well, I mean, they, they spent... <laughs> No, I think he spent two million to get him in. He's a Croatian international. Um, no, he, he showed how good a player he could be in those games against Osijek. Obviously, before he came to Rangers, uh, he looked good when he first arrived. But then, no, picked up no loads of niggly injuries. I think there was problems whenever he went away in international duty. No, I think one occasion he came back late and injured. Um, so that's really kind of doubts and the question marks have came from over Barisic but he's certainly making kind of positive noises in terms of the quotes that you're speaking about uh, I thought he looked he's did okay in pre-season as I say I thought Sunday was probably his best he just looked as if he was getting back to doing what he's good at and that is no working with a no working with a left winger getting some kind of understanding uh, so that no it creates space for himself and just whipping in dangerous crosses. I mean that that was his biggest that that was his biggest strong point was uh, was his delivery, um, and he whipped in a lot of you no know, cracking balls into the box on Sunday. Mm. So if they can get more of that from him, though, that kind of quality, 
as well as uh, no keeping the, the kind of back door shut when he's when he's defending, then I think Gerard will be will be happy with him. But I think he had to. I think we said in pre season he had to he had to give Barisic another chance because there clearly is a player in there, um, and it's if if. No, if he does perform, it will save them a few quid in terms of, of getting it and trying it on our left back. And if you look at him and Grez, they were often lumped in together last season, signing for sort of similar fees, yeah. coming from the same club. And you look at Grez, who's been who's so far out of the picture, and you look at Barisic, who's getting another chance. There's obviously a reason why yeah. he's not getting the Grez treatment. Maybe down to attitude, yeah, also so. ability, um, the fact that he's getting that opportunity. Speaking of defence that we did there and closing the back door, Gavin, it could hardly have timed Philip Hellander's debut worse than throwing him on in that 63rd minute just before that catastrophic goal for Blackburn. I think he was part of the, the four-way change that kind of started disrupting Rangers' flow against Blackburn. I'm still not convinced this guy's going to go in as a first-choice defender. I think Scott, and I can understand why, thinks he will be first-choice alongside Connor Goldson. Do you think in the long term he is... A first pick well, for Gerard. I think just the very fact that they've spent that kind of money on him. I, I know that, again, that's when Stephen Gerrard was talking to the Sunday newspapers. Yeah. I think Hellander was the guy they'd used as an example, saying just because they've spent £3 million on him doesn't mean to say he's guaranteed a, a starting slot. But there's no way Rangers are going to pay that kind of money for a guy who's going to be sitting on the bench. He's been signed to go straight in. And I think I agree with Scott. I think he will play with uh, Goldson in the middle of that defence but he's got to perform there now, or, or he will be sitting in the bench oh well I, mean, I don't think he's going to stick with him just purely for that reason mm. I mean um, you know if he's making blunders week in week out and costing points and I don't think they'll be slow and take them out but um, no, I, I, I think I think if if Rangers get to Rugby Park in the first day of the season and Hillander is fully fit and up to speed I reckon Stephen Gerrard will say to him and Goldson you're my first choice centre backs. Go and keep the keep the jersey, and he'll say to Edmondson and Katic, "It's up to you to dislodge these two. That if you're going to go and win a title, a challenge for a title, and challenge for trophies, that's the kind of competition that you need. No, yeah. it's not to say Hel- Helander will play every game and every minute. Same goes for Goldson, uh, who had a, a few shaky moments last season. Edmondson looks good. Uh, it's it's coming on early that. days. Really look, like look look, looks very good. Katic yep. has come back um, for the summer. No, but he was at the Euros under twenty one Euros. He obviously got back into the team at the end of last season. He even looks stronger. Looks as if he's got his confidence back. No, back to the kind of player he was, uh, or he looked when he first signed. Maybe even better. So they two are no chomping at the bat and, and we'll, we'll put real pressure on Goldson and Hillander mm-hmm. if they are first choice but that's that's what Rangers need that, that's that's oh, what's going to bring the best out in terms of Sunday sorry I was just going to say what I was going to say earlier was me need to remember the guys hardly played any oh, football oh it was very unfair the goal was nothing to do with him either the goal was nothing to do with him either it was just a terrible yeah. piece of timing yeah, really unfortunate yeah, for him but also I mean he's hardly played any football and you know, it's hard enough to come on as a substitute at the best of times. Yeah. Brand new surroundings, and even for defenders, I think it's more difficult. You know, yeah. coming in and adjusting. Um, so, I mean, time will tell. But for that kind of money, I'm sure at Rugby Park on Sunday when it gets uh, on August the fourth, when it all starts for real, he'll be there starting. Yeah, I, I think it's a four-way battle that's going to be really, really intriguing, and I, I look forward to seeing who the 
when, when we come to that busy December period, who's the centre-half pairing is, because I think there's four places, there's four guys equally yeah. um, qualified. Yeah, I think last season two, as well, Stephen places. Gerrard had a bit of a blind spot, didn't he, for Joe Worrell? I mean, how many, uh, how many course letters well, did he make? Well, George Edmondson's a step-up in quality for Joe Worrell yeah. already. I yeah. would say he's, he's the, reading of the game in his position and saying, I like him. Especially for a big guy as well, the one thing you think is going to defend first, but uh-huh. his actual distribution looks to be yep. great. Ah, I can but see why there was such Ed- a... Edmondson and Katic are still only, I think, I think 21 and 22, so... I mean, they're the young pups, if you like, in that department. No, Golson's got a lot of experience, played in the Premier League. He's obviously had a year in Scotland. Where he, I think, I'm right in saying he played about 54 games last last year. And as Gav says, Hillander's coming in as a no, as a three million pound signing, Swedish international. You no, know, been at major tournaments, played in Serie A. I don't see any other. Uh, no, I don't see why they wouldn't be his first no. choice centre backs with, with the two, with the two younger ones. Can I no throwing the gauntlet down to them and say, listen, it's your job to try and try and get the best out of these two, try and put pressure on, and if you get a chance, go and go and take it. Cause I think that's one thing about Gerard. Although he did have a bit of a blind spot with Warrell uh, last season, but I think if a guy goes in and does well for him. Uh, He'll, he'll stick with him. Um, he'll pretty much stick with him. So mm-hmm. that's a challenge for guys like, like Edmondson and Katic. But put it this way, if 10 games into the season Hillander isn't starting and he's on the bench and somebody's preferred to I think questions would be getting asked of uh, why you've spent £3 million. Well, that, that's, that's where the recruitment yeah. comes in then, isn't yeah. it? Well, I don't think there's any doubt he won't start against Progress. Neither Corn in the first leg, certainly. Um, however, moving on to Progress... And I don't think there's any need for a warning for Rangers, uh, considering two years ago they were pumped out by them. Um, aye, horrible memories for Rangers fans, that one. No warnings needed ahead, ahead of the first leg at Ibrox. Um, it'd be absolutely inconceivable yeah. if history was to repeat itself, yeah. Gavin, don't you think? Absolutely. In actual fact, as much as obviously the game in Luxembourg you know, was a disaster, and we all remember probably where you were that night when you, I think even Stephen Gerrard said himself last season when he was just in the door, he remembered the yellow bar scrolling along, along the bottom of the Sky Sports News and he's saying, God, that, that's not good. <laughs> but... In actual fact, the, the game at Ibrox, they uh, you know they kind of just edging them out one 0 That was, I mean, they should have been able to kill it. Alarm bell should have been ringing then. Aye. Um. So really, the home leg is vitally important. And but look, they don't need any more motivation. I mean, Rain, Stephen Gerrard doesn't need any more motivation. Any players, particularly the ones that were involved that night, Taverniers, guys like Ryan Jack. I mean, they don't need any more motivation. You, I mean, they'll be, they should be so fired up to just kill the tie after ninety minutes. Just think, Rangers as a whole are just in a totally different oh, space. Though well, there's, there's only two of that team, the two you mentioned, isn't there? I think Fodringham played, but he, he's likely to be in the bench on yeah. Thursday. Outside there's, those three, I think they were the only three involved. There's just a the totally different, totally different mindset now, Fraser. I mean, and listen, that's not to get complacent and write off. Progress as you say, you do that at your at your peril kind of thing. But no, Rangers are a different team. They've got no, they've got strength and depth now in the squad. They've got a confidence about them. Um, Gerrard's no man. He's taken and still um, no that kind of winning mentality. I know they didn't get a trophy last season, but you could tell the mentality had had changed. Um, and they've obviously started this this pre season well. And I think. 
no, Rangers will be hoping to get back to the to the group stages of this competition. You no, know, the way they did the way they did last year, getting some big European nights back. So, as you say, I mean, it's, it's inconceivable now that there would be a repeat of that progress result. Uh, wouldn't they kill it? Ibrox, surely. Yeah. Nah, they should. And look at progress results. I mean, they scraped uh, by against Cardiff and then Cork I mean they were the lucky team that have set up the tie here because after look you know the hard work in Ireland it looked as if they could have been heading out against Cork at home Um, so no they're definitely put it this way if Rangers are going to be toiling against progress they don't deserve to be in the group stage I think we'll agree on that and then suddenly let's not get too far ahead ourselves but there'd be two ties away from qualifying for the group stage again and we know who they would face in the third qualifying round yeah. already? You, are, you you spot a fly, Gavin? No, it's <laughs> what, what are you looking at? <laughs> no, it's putting them off, isn't it? I know. So, um, oh, I must admit, no, I, I, when I looked so, on when I looked on Sunday online, I think you might have put it together, Fraser, the list of yes, uh, potential aye. opponents. Aye. Looking at it, you did think it, it, for a start, it was much tougher than last year. I think you have to say that last season, as well as Rangers didn't get into the group stages, the draw was favourable when you think how tough they can be. When I was looking at the list of potential opponents, your Wolves and other teams like that, it could have been harder uh, than getting Michelin. Michelin, thank goodness, I've always struggled to pronounce that. That's what I was aiming for, you getting in there first. Michelin, Michelin, Scott. Ah, it's a decent draw. It's a decent draw. It should be fairly easy to do homework on. Uh, relatively short flight to to Denmark, um, so I think Gerard will be pretty ha- pretty happy with it. Uh, mm-hmm. No, they'll probably know a lot of their players. I think I the star th- man potentially is moving to Anderlecht, their, their goal scorer. Yeah, I was reading this morning. And obviously, having read the uh, you no know, some of the Eric Sviatchenko pieces in the paper the last couple of days, I, mean, I don't think as much as he was talking positively. I don't think their results have been brilliant of of late. So. Listen, it's not going to be easy. It'll be a, I still, it'll be a big step up for progress to to Michelin, I would think. So Rangers will need to be, will need to be on their game. But as Gav says, when you looked at some of the teams they could have got, um, I think it's a pretty good, a pretty good draw for them, uh, and they'll definitely believe, you know, that they can get through it and get into that, get into that playoff tie. Always interesting to look at the Europa squads ahead of these games. So. Daniel Candace was left out ahead of the St. Joseph's ties yep. and we all know what's happened to Daniel um, in the last week. Th- this time, before we move on to Candace, this time uh, Jake Hasty seems to have been given the Candace treatment and he is not in the squad to face progress near the corn. Along with Jamie Murphy is probably not surprised. Glenn Middleton that seems to be getting less and less game time this season. And then the usual squad of suspects that are basically um, surplus to requirements. But um, Jake Hasty surprised yeah. that he's maybe been bombed out this, this thing. I have to say, I watched uh, watching the first leg. Uh, t- the first thing I thought was it was actually trying too hard to impress. Yeah. I thought he was kind of snatching. I thought he's, he's too eager here. Um, that the St Joseph's yeah. game. Aye, that was a yeah. game. But he got his kind of big chance, didn't he? The St mm-hmm. Joseph's game. He start, and I agree with Gav. I think at times. A wee bit of lack of composure, final third. They did look as if, no, maybe the occasion got to him a wee bit. No, trying too hard to get by his man at the first attempt, stuff like that. Um, I think we all know Jake Hasty's a, no, a work in progress. I think Gerard knows that he's one for the future. That's no to say he'll not play any games this season, but it doesn't surprise me too much. 
uh, with them trying to get Hollander obviously into the European squad that Hasty's dropped out because they've still got pretty decent options, even with Candias away, they've still got uh, pretty decent options in the in the wide areas. Yeah, Gerard said himself he was keen to keep holder Candias, but it was more the player that was itching to get away. Did you did you believe that? Or was that him just played? Uh, Listen, you know my thoughts on Candias. I'm not uh, that surprised that he's he's gone. Um, I think he was a decent servant for Rangers in the the, the couple of years that he was there. He's, uh, his work rate and that was terrific. Nobody could ever uh, accuse him of lacking, lacking effort. However, from the minute Stephen Gerrard came in, I just always had a feeling that he looked at Candias as not quite up to the, the standard that he that he wanted. Um, I don't think Candias's numbers were that great anyway last season in terms of goals and assists. Um, would I kept him as a squad player? Probably because he now knows the league. He was well integrated into that squad. Uh, I think all the players at Rangers seem to like him and go on with him. Has been a kind of positive influence. So, um, no, you could have easily kept him as a as a squad player. But I think as soon as Steven Gerrard's had that conversation and Candias is intimated that he wanted to start most weeks, oh, that would have pretty much uh, pretty much made their minds up to to let him go, especially getting a fee for him when he's in the, the last year of his contract. That's the thing, because although I agree with Scott saying that maybe Stephen Gerrard would have looked at him and think, I need better, I need better quality, but the thing about it is with so many of the guys, I mean, we're talking about Jake Hasty there, I mean, there's Jake Hasty who's been signed, not all that convincing, albeit only in his first game, but other guys like your kind of Jordan Jones who have been brought in, we don't know what they're going to do, at least with Candias, you, you know, He's proven himself and he knows the league. That's mm-hmm. why I think it is a gamble to let him go. Aye. But I don't know. But if he turns around and says, I'm not up for this, I'm not up for the, you know, the fight, then I don't know. You can't really convince somebody to stay after that, can you? Aye. Are they going to get Jake Hasty to a level of a, a Daniel Candace even this that's, season? That, that, I suppose that's, that's what they've got to try and do. That's, anyway, that's what you don't but, know. Yeah, I mean, they're buying potential in Hasty, as I say. He's one for the next the next couple of years. I mean, Jordan Jones is an international player uh, who knows the Scottish League. I mean, I think Gerard. I don't think Jordan Jones will, will start every week for Rangers, but I think Gerard kind of knows what he's going to get from him. Uh, and I think, well, clearly Gerard believes what he's going to get from Jones will be more than, than what Candias is, is offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes for Ojo. I know Ojo's still pretty young, and people might say, no, kind of untried, still don't know what you're going to get from him. But Gerard obviously knows him well for Liverpool. He's, had, you know, he's played in Liverpool's first team. He said uh, he's played in the French League. You know, he's had a couple of different loan spells. So clearly, again, Gerrard's looked at it, you know, weighed it up uh, alongside Candias and felt Ojo was going to be the better, the better option this season. And I don't, as I say, I don't think. No, I hope I'm not being too critical with Candias, but I just don't think he was up to the the standard that Gerard that Gerard wants. And listen, it's up to Jones and uh, Ojo and others to try and get. To that standard, that's that's the challenge for them. But um, I, I, I don't think it's a bad deal letting them letting them go. I suppose that's where the problem comes is if they then don't, you know. I mean, if you suddenly discover a quarter way into the season, all these guys aren't up to, and you've let the candidates go because well, because but, in but games. But how many Rangers fans are going to be? Even if it 
doesn't go well for Jordan Joe. I don't think many Rangers fans would be crying to get Daniel Kandias back. Yeah, true. And, and does club, his exit you know open up room but for another forward addition? Well, you told, I mean, Stuart Robertson said there's funds available, didn't it, the other day when he spoke? So you would think. Well, it opens it up for Ryan Kent so, to come back, yeah. uh, which is obviously still ongoing. Surely they'll have plan B's if that one doesn't come to fruition. Yeah, well, you would think so. You would like to hope so. I mean, plan B might be just to go what he's just to go what he's got. I mean, I think Kent is an exception um, in terms of how much Gerard rates him in terms of the impact he had last season. That's why Gerard said, obviously at the weekend, that he'd be willing to wait to the, wait to the very last second of this transfer window. Which no, that that's the reality of the situation. But I suppose for Rangers fans, it's tough because we could be looking at another five or six weeks before you know whether uh, whether you're getting them back. Um, I mean, I, I watched the I sat and watched the Liverpool Sevilla game the other night that was on live uh, over in America, and Ryan Kent came on for the second half, mm-hmm. and I, I was thinking about Rangers fans probably watching it, thinking, God, I hope he doesn't. Hope he doesn't do too well. No, so Klopp might look and say, "Well, he's not up. He's not up to it." Or we should let him go again. Or no, if he doesn't play well, you're going to get less clubs interested in him. But honestly, for 45 minutes, he actually looked very good in that, part to play in, the goals, in that Liverpool team. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember, but certainly playing off that left flank uh, and obviously playing with. No, playing with good players. Uh, I know there was a lot of changes, but no, like Sam Milner and that was still playing. Kent actually looked good, uh, looked confident, um, more so than than a few of the other Liverpool youngsters. So that's probably no good news for Rangers. I still don't think he'll ever really get near Klopp's first team uh, in terms of look for the start of next season. But you know, watching that game. The, the worry is uh, f- for punters that it might just attract English clubs to come in and actually try and buy them. You no, know, for a big, mm. a big transfer fee, which we know Rangers can't can't compete with. They they're only in this, uh, no, in the market for a loan deal Aye. for for Kent. Uh, the, the clock's ticking on Klopp as well. That that was difficult to say. The clock <laughs> is ticking on Klopp to bring players in at Liverpool. And you said he's more or less happy with what he's got. No, Liverpool fans shouldn't expect massive signings or a big outlay like last summer. Um, two weeks, I think, left in the English transfer market. Yeah. If Frank Kent continues to impress in, a, in the pre-season, then Klopp may very yeah. well say, look, you are part of my first-team squad. Yeah, and they'll have a chance on Sunday, of course, because it's Liverpool, Napoli at Murrayfield, ah, isn't it? Yep. So that's the ideal opportunity, and, and for whoever, for us, you know, the media, to speak to Klopp after the game and, and you know ask him directly. What are the chances of Kent coming back? Either of you guys going along to that one? Hey, I'm not actually no. not. No. no, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> right. Moving on. There was uh, two pieces of news um, dropped late this week. Um, away for the football side of things, I suppose. There's starting with the worrying one. The Rangers find themselves in a situation again where they could be forced to pay millions to Mike Ashley after losing the latest round of their court battle over the merchandise deal. Um, talk about that. They've claimed that a judge has said has not thrown out their request for a £1 million cap on the payout to Ashley. Um, that's up for debate, whether that actually was stipulated. All being what it is, it's not good news anyway, is it, Scott? No, I think it's always worrying for Rangers fans reading these 
stories, you no, know, for court cases involving Mike Ashley, especially when you, you know when you hear judges speaking in those kind of terms, uh, and we no set figure on it. Of course, given Rangers kind of no financial history in the last the last decade, no punters are going to be worried if they're going to need to shell out shell out millions, especially to Mike Ashley, who's obviously been a real scourge oh, in the club man. and the and the supporters uh, during that time. Um, no, I've spoken to like, a few fans myself. No, they are talking about it. As you say, it's a it's a kind of non-football thing, but uh, given everything that they've been through, no, they do worry about about these kind of things. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, looking at the the story, obviously we're no financial experts, but no, if it's to do with if the money Rangers are going to need to pay Ashley is to do with no potential sales and all that. I mean, given that that Rangers fans weren't buying no merchandise for for Sports Direct, should the kind of no should the amount be that high? I, I wouldn't have thought so. But as I say, when you hear the judges speaking in those terms, uh, no, when you hear that they've no that, that he's judged in favour of Ashley, and Rangers are going to need to cough up. Uh, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a worrying time. I mean, obviously Rangers put that statement out, trying to kind of you no know, settle fans down and you no know, reassure them. Um, but it's difficult, as I say. It's a when you read stories like it's just a kind of dark reminder for these for these supporters um, of of kind of what what they went through through the the administration and liquidation and everything that that followed that and the clubs doing everything obviously to try and get away from that. No, try and kind of, no, can I get the, no, just get away for that whole that whole period. No, that that perception of Rangers at that at that time. Um, but when things like this crop up, uh, it's difficult for them. I think it's better a Philadelphia lawyer rather than me Scott. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The complexities of this deal, but yeah, but Gavin, you're, you're no, talking no. about two grizzly, mm-hmm. hardened businessmen yep. here, aren't you? Dave yep. King and Mike Ashley, and uh, mm-hmm. as you rightly pointed out earlier, mm-hmm. King struck this deal with Ashley and Sports Direct a, few, a couple of years ago when yeah. Rangers got out the original deal with Sports yeah. Direct, which I think earned them seven p in the pound. How? How on earth could they not have seen this day No, coming? well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, because I don't think Mike actually has any interest, actually, in having any retail deal with Rangers. I think he's just intent on causing as much trouble as he can. Um, and one thing you have to say about him is that he's... He's capable he's, of that. He's sharp. <laughs> oh, no, he's capable and he's sharp. So, I mean, if, if you've entered into a deal with him... You know, you need to make sure that every single detail is honoured because what you know about him, you know, what we know about him since he, he, he got involved with Rangers is that he'll just, um, he'll cause as much hassle as he can. And somebody somewhere at Highbrooks has probably been a little bit naive here in, in thinking that this wouldn't come back to bite them, you know, further down the line as has happened. Now, we don't know exactly how much it will cost them yet, whether it will be capped at the million or whether it will you know, run into the millions, but it's certainly our concern. Yeah. Sure, surely Rangers would have come up with some kind of contingency plan, you know, if they were if they were to lose this case. I mean, they must have known... Some ring fence to that, Well, they must have known it, if, as Gav says, if it was, if it did come back to bite them, no, there could be a, no, there could be a financial kind of penalty there where they're going to need to pay up. So you'd like to think... That they thought that through, and if they do need to pay up, there will be money. There will be money there to do it. Um, but Gav's right about Ashley. I mean, I heard somebody saying 
the other week, no, he's almost like try to wreck two football clubs at the at the same time. You do wonder what the what the motivation is. He's obviously hated by you no know, Newcastle fans, hated by Rangers fans. Uh, at the same time, you no, know, he's went and spent what was it thirty odd million on on Joe Linton for for Newcastle, the Brazilian striker. So. He's clearly still no shorty a few, money. a few bob. He um, doesn't need the money, and the kind of no. money that he's you're talking about when he's, since he's been involved with Rangers, it's just it's, it's, it's buttons, loose, buttons compared. Yeah. I mean, especially uh, operating in the English Premier League. So I think it's just games to him. It's just he's just playing games, and he cares not a jot about reputations either. Oh no, he that's what makes no. him dangerous. Well, you can see him at Newcastle. I mean, look at Newcastle. I mean, they absolutely despise him. Um, you get the feeling he almost relishes the kind of battle with Dave yeah, King, though, yeah, don't you? Yeah, totally. And I, I get the feeling that Dave. King sometimes actually thinks that he, I think he enjoys these court battles as well, think that he can can I get one over him, but he's continually losing. On a more positive note though, um, this week also saw the launch of the Everyone Anyone campaign and I suppose this is something that everyone's obviously should be getting behind, isn't it Gavin? uh, That's exactly what the club would want, they want to become an all-inclusive club. I think they can only be applauded for that. Um, it was a good turnout, plenty of good coverage as well. Um, and it was just a shame that actually the Mike Ashley story breaks on that day when there was so much positive news. Stuart Robertson speaking speaking well about it. Uh, and then the Ashley thing just came hours later, didn't it? Yeah. So you had that contrast actually the next day when you had Stuart Robertson saying, you know, there's funds and there's money and the outlook's great. And then... Burying good news page. with bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Flip side. I won't normally they have sh- they, sh- they should be praised for it, though, Fraser, because, I mean, we're, we're quick to criticise when, no, it's the other way about, I mean, as soon as there is any, no, bad behaviour at football grounds, no, whether it be sectarianism or, no, antisocial or violence, whatever it might be, no, clubs are heavily, heavily criticised by, by us and, no, by government or, or whoever, so... For Rangers to put the amount of effort and that cl- that they've clearly done to get this to get this initiative going, um, they should be applauded for it. And I just hope, no, you just hope the punters in that so buy into the fans now. Isn't it? So, as it always, always has been. It's all down to the fans. It's up and, to them and to all, behave and, and also unacceptable. And also a side issue to that was obviously Stuart Robertson going onto the the SPFL board, uh, and you'd like to think, no, Stuart Robertson spoke very well. <clears throat> at the launch of the initiative the other day, and in terms of fan behaviour, that's all also a that's obviously a general thing uh, in Scottish football. Other clubs need to you know, need to get in line with that. So hopefully, it has kind of positive influence in the in the SPFL. You no, know, can rub off on on others. But I'm sure. No, well, listen. I'm sure every club would like to launch similar initiatives. It's about everybody getting the getting together and make sure. Making sure that some of the incidents that we witnessed last season uh, certainly aren't repeated this this year. Here, here. That's us for now, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, Scott, Gavin, thanks very much for coming on. If you guys want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can rate us on there too. Thanks very much for listening.